the world to come. The Restored Church of God presents David C. Pack, author of 80 books and booklets, editor-in-chief of The Real Truth magazine, read by countless and growing numbers in every nation and territory of the world. In a violent age full of war, famine, pollution, disease, disasters, and economic uncertainty, and ever-worsening bad news, answering life's greatest questions straight from the Bible, and announcing the wonderful good news of the world to come. And now, David C. Pack. Millions believe God exists. Few have proof, or even no proof exists. Have you proven God exists? Or do you hope, suspect, feel, believe, think He does? Can His existence be scientifically proven? Can you know with certainty that an all-intelligent mind created the universe and all life on earth, including you? Must the answers be accepted on faith? This series covers the existence of God and will be among the most important you ever watch. In under two hours, you will see it is impossible for God not to exist. Not just improbable that the case is strong. Impossible. All doubt of His existence will vanish. I watched every video of your series and my doubts about God did not vanish. I'm still convinced that you believe in childish myths with no connection to reality. Your five-part series took more than two hours where you said it would take less, and it was not an important or significant video series compared to most of the others I've watched because you clearly have no idea what you're talking about. You're into one-way communication, books, booklets, videos, and comments disabled, where you talk and others listen. So you never hear any critique and never know how wrong you are about everything you say. You know as little about this subject as the average noob in a pew who never spoke to any educated person with an opposing view. If you never know what your mistakes are, you'll never correct them. That's why your whole series is nothing but parroting prats disputed in a previous century. The difference between knowledge and belief is that knowledge can be demonstrated. Knowledge is a subset of belief, but it's justified belief. And consequently, no one can honestly say they actually know anything about God, not even whether such a thing exists. We have no reason to believe in a God, and lots of good reasons not to. Such can only be believed on faith, in lieu of evidence, and in spite of evidence. You didn't present a strong case, you presented no case at all. Just baseless assertions pleading for an erroneous conclusion that was assumed without warrant. God's existence cannot be scientifically proven, not just because there is no such thing, but also because nothing can be proven in science. The only scientific application of proof is in mathematics. But if we were to define proof in the legal sense as an overwhelming preponderance of evidence, which is the context you are clearly using, then God's existence still can't be proven because there is not one fact that is positively indicative of or exclusively concordant with the God hypothesis over any other. Your incredulity is a logical fallacy. It does not count as evidence. Yet that is all you've provided. In fact, there is nothing supporting your hypothesis whatsoever. We can't even consider the possibility because no possibility has ever been established. Miracles are defined as defying the laws of physics, meaning they're physically impossible and indistinguishable from magic, because miracles and magic are the same thing. They're both impossible products of human imagination, just like God. It is not possible 
for a disembodied mind to even exist without a brain to generate it, and such a thing could not use magic to control or forecast natural events either. So it is neither physically nor logically possible for your god to exist. This series squarely faces basic questions. To those with an open mind, it will be life-changing. Your series was not life-changing because although my mind is open, it is not empty. I know this topic very well. In fact, I know both sides of this argument better than you know your own alone. And you've demonstrated that you don't know anything about the scientific perspective whatsoever. So when you ask for an open mind, I think you meant a gullible one. My mind is definitely open, though, unlike yours. Yours is blinded by faith and a doctrinal obligation to defend the sacred fables against all reason. That's what apologetics is all about. You assume your conclusion at the onset for reasons that have nothing to do with factual information, and then you make up whatever excuse necessary to rationalize or justify your baseless assumptions regardless what the facts are. And I'm going to point that out and show you that that's what you've been doing. People have debated the existence of God for thousands of years. Most conclude it cannot be proven one way or the other. The majority think the answer lies in abstract philosophy and the metaphysical. Others become agnostics, asserting they don't know if God exists. Those who do accept his existence often do so passively, merely because they were taught it from childhood. Some don't care. Many of these cannot be moved from their apathy. Atheists, having concluded God does not exist, represent a special category God describes. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. No, that's not God giving that description. That's the mere fallible men who wrote the Bible and who are now erroneously interpreted as if they were speaking for God. So whenever someone says to me, the fool says in his heart, there is no God, I'd like to respond with Jeremiah 8.8. 8. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? Behold, the lying pen of the scribes has made it into a lie because it was the lying scribes who wrote the Bible, not God. If you look up the word fool and compare the sources, you'll see that in this context, a fool is one who too readily believes improbable claims of credulous sources on insufficient evidence. So it's no wonder that the Bible gives exactly the opposite definition that we find in the dictionary because the people who wrote the Bible want to fool you. That's why they went on to say that all atheists are corrupt and have committed abominable injustice. There is none that does good. So all the charity work and donations and humanitarian efforts done by atheists around the world show that that's just one more thing the Bible was wrong about. I should also add that admitting that you don't know whether God exists is not an assertion. No one knows that God exists. But that doesn't say anything about whether you believe there is a God. There are agnostic theists who say they believe in a God but can't say for sure who or what that God is. And most atheists are agnostic. They know it's not possible to know anything about anything supernatural, but neither do they believe in such things, at least not in a deity. And remember that a deity is essentially a magical anthropomorphic immortal, or in your case, an invisible genie. One that somehow controls absolutely everything that ever happens without any possible mechanisms to do that and against all logical analysis. An atheist is someone who does not believe in any god. It is not necessarily someone who believes no god exists, although they can be that too. A belief is a conviction. A lack of belief is a lack of conviction. So if you're not convinced that an actual deity really exists, you're atheist, even if you identify as an agnostic. And I used to identify as agnostic for years until I found out what the word atheist really means. 
And most people who call themselves agnostic are also atheists and just don't realize that or won't acknowledge it. I don't consider myself agnostic anymore because I know there's no God. And I can justify that too, according to Christopher Hitchens' expression of the fundamental rules of logic. That positive claims require positive evidence, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and what has been asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence. You've made an extraordinary claim for which you've provided no evidence at all. The burden of proof is on you, and you get no benefit of the doubt because you've made an empty assertion. Almost 50 years ago, I learned of absolute proof God exists. My studies lasted two and a half years. I came to realize I did not have to accept his existence on faith. Science has learned much more, and the case for God is now airtight. This broadcast begins presenting numerous absolute proofs God does exist. Some proofs will amaze you. Others will inspire you. Still others will surprise or even excite you. All of them will fascinate you with their simplicity. You will soon never again doubt God's existence. In fact, just part one will convince you. Well, part one did convince me to make a series of videos rebutting you. It convinced me that it was time for you to have a rude awakening. I didn't have to see the rest of the series. I didn't even have to see the rest of part one. I knew in advance that all of your arguments would be easy to refute, not because of faith, but because of experience. I've been constantly countering religious beliefs for two and a half decades. If any of you had any good arguments, I'd have heard them by now. I'd have heard them years ago. But as it happens, all your arguments were refuted years ago. But I still think we ought to go through everything in your list to prove that on every single point. A second great question is unavoidable and inseparable from the question of God's existence. Whether there is life on earth because of blind, dumb luck through evolution or because of special creation by a supreme being. Did all life on earth evolve over millions of years as evolutionists assert? Or did an all-powerful God author it? Most people assume evolution is true, just as millions assume God's existence. I also studied evolution versus creation in depth during the same period I sought to prove God's existence. I learned it takes far more faith to believe the intellectually fashionable evolutionary myth than that God exists. In fact, I learned evolution is based entirely on faith because no true facts or proof have ever been found to support it. No? Well, what about the fact that evolution happens? That biodiversity and complexity do increase and that both occur naturally only by evolutionary means? It is also a fact that alleles vary with increasing distinction in reproductive populations and that these are accelerated in genetically isolated groups. It is a fact that natural selection, sexual selection, and genetic drift have all been proven to have predictable effect in guiding this variance. It is a fact that significant beneficial mutations do occur and are inherited by descendant groups and that multiple independent sets of biological markers exist to trace these lineages back over many generations. It is a fact that birds are a subset of dinosaurs in the same way that humans are a subset of apes, primates, eutherian mammals, and that both groups are subsets of vertebrate deuterostome animals. It is a fact that the collective genome of all animals has been traced to its most basal form and that those forms are also indicated by comparative morphology, physiology, and embryological development. It is a fact that every animal on Earth has definite relatives either living nearby or evident in the fossil record and indicated in phylogenetics. It is a fact that the fossil record holds hundreds of transitional species, even according to the strictest definition of that term, 
And it is a fact that microevolution and macroevolution have both been directly observed. These are facts, things we can objectively verify and prove to be true, beyond dispute. That means you can't dispute them. I know that because I've already had this conversation thousands of times, and the result is always the same. These facts definitely qualify as evidence, and not just because they stand against every concept of creationism, but also because they are both positively indicative of and exclusively concordant with evolution, which is the only theory of biodiversity with no possible alternative. That's why evolution is the foundation of modern biology, and creationism is literally a fairy tale, because it has giants, witches, magic spells, and talking animals with no connection to reality. I appreciate your admission that faith is a belief that is not based on evidence. Creationists typically assert that evolution is a religion, as if we're as bad as you are. And they pretend that religion is scientific, as if you're as good as we are. In fact, I just made a video exposing this very fallacy. It's called the false equivalence of creationism. Faith does play a role in the life of a Christian. For the one who truly wants to see God and learn to please him, notice. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith is vital to a Christian. You saw that without it, no one can please God. This verse says those seeking God must believe that he is. But a deep belief in a God who rewards all who diligently seek him requires proof of his existence. Only after proof has been nailed down can one have faith, absolute confidence that what he does is being recorded in God's mind to be remembered when he receives his reward. Now you're contradicting yourself. Are you now saying that I can only have faith in evolution on the basis of the several examples of proof that I've just nailed down? I would say no, because we can prove from your own words previously and from every authoritative or definitive source that faith is a belief that is not based on evidence. If you had evidence, you wouldn't need faith. And if you really cared about knowledge of truth, you would reject faith as inherently dishonest. If you are uncertain God exists because proof has not been firmly established, under fire your faith will wane or collapse, I promise. You're contradicting yourself again. It doesn't matter how convinced you are. Belief does not equal knowledge. And it doesn't matter what you believe. All that matters is why you believe it. What is your evidence? If you have to believe it on faith, then you have no reason to believe it at all. You have a right to believe whatever you do. Even hardline atheists wouldn't fault you for that. If you say, I believe X, then no one should have a problem with that until they inquire why you believe that. But it is dishonest to assert as fact that which is not evidently true. So if you assert that X is true simply because you believe that and you can't back it up, then you will come under fire and it won't matter how certain you are, you're still probably wrong. The Apostle Paul wrote, Though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things. Howbeit there is not in every man that knowledge. Thank you for pointing out one of the scriptures that presuppositionalists have to ignore whenever they wrongly assert that everyone knows their God exists. Having read a bit of your theology, I actually agree with your interpretation more than I do most Christian extremists. However, everything you think you know about the subject is still wrong. The religions of this world have created many gods of wood, stone, and other materials. Others exist only in the minds of men. 
The ancient Greeks alone served 30,000 gods, and modern Hindus worship 5 million gods. Truly, there are and always have been gods many and lords many. Yet God created all the physical materials men use to design and make their own gods. Objection. Conjecture. Assumes facts not in evidence. God's existence has not been demonstrated. We've been given no reason to believe that such a thing is even possible, much less real. The God you're talking about evidently emerged among the other gods of the originally polytheist Semitic pantheon with a theology heavily influenced by neighboring religions such as Zoroastrianism. Your God apparently only exists in fables like the Garden of Eden, a flood, the Tower of Babel, and the Exodus, which have never been substantiated, were never supported, and have been disproved. We cannot assume that God did or made anything until you show us evidence against the evidence that we already have that there even is such a thing. Sadly, there is not in every man knowledge of the true God. Such incredible ignorance and confusion. Ignorance isn't just what you don't know. It's also what you won't know. Your ignorance is what you ignore. A faith requires a degree of willful ignorance, but my position would not allow that. I need evidence, and so do you if you're going to tell me what you know. If you can't show it, you don't know it. And the rules are the same for both of us. The Bible's God has shown the way to peace, happiness, and abundant life for all people willing to study His instruction book. This would rid mankind of the confusion and evils that encompass this world. Is this why there are tens of thousands of denominations just within Christianity? Is this why all three of the major religions based on the Bible have been at war with each other each since their inception? The Bible is the source of much of the ignorance and evil that encompasses this world. It advocates superstitious delusion and inhuman atrocities such that if anyone were to actually use the Bible as a moral guide, they would be a criminal in every country on this planet. The reason that the Bible has been proven wrong on every testable claim that it makes is because it was written by ignorant and bigoted savages who obviously had no idea what they were talking about and only wanted to justify their barbarism against their neighbors. Of course, some don't want this God to exist because if He does, they must obey Him. This was always the most irritating of Christian assertions for me because it's wrong so many ways. First of all, if we believed in God, there's nothing we'd have to obey. You don't have to pay attention to the Ten Commandments nor the rest of the 613 Commandments either. Now, Jesus said that you had to honor every jot and tittle of all those old Mosaic Commandments, including those twisted rules in Leviticus. But he said that if you didn't obey the commandments, you'd still get into heaven. You'd just be called least when you were there. Well, so what? You're in, right? So if you love your sin, proclaim Jesus as your Savior, and then you can do whatever you want. Many Christians believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. Christ died for your sins. So if you don't sin, Christ died for nothing. It doesn't matter how evil you are. Every sin can be forgiven if you but believe. But if you don't believe, then it doesn't matter how good you are because the only sin that will not be forgiven is the sin of disbelief. The only thing that matters is whether you believe the lies the clergy told you, which you're supposed to believe on faith in lieu of evidence simply because they said so. Thus, gullibility is the sole criteria for redemption, and the only thing that really pisses God off is when people don't believe in Him, which is already an indication that God is just a story. No one, not one person I ever heard of, ever said that they didn't believe in God because they didn't want to obey Him. Because pretending God doesn't exist won't make Him go away. And pretending or professing to believe when you don't really believe, that won't work either. 
He can read minds, remember? So if you say you don't believe, you'd better be damned sure that he doesn't really exist. Even agnostics are willing to take that risk, which shows that there really is no risk at all. Theology is just a game of pretend where people literally make believe. I don't believe because I'm not a pretender. Be willing to accept science. As we reason, do not suppose or hope. Stand on indisputable facts. We will see them from a broad array of different kinds of science. They will demonstrate that an all-powerful supreme being of infinite intelligence carefully provided more than sufficient proof to remove all doubt he exists. I watched your entire series and you provided no evidence whatsoever. I still have no reason to suspect that anything you believe has any truth to it at all. I'm fully confident that you'll never be able to show that there's any truth to it. No religious believer can. That's why you can only believe it on faith. Now, before starting this study, remember, assumptions don't count. Neither do superstitious myths or traditions based on ignorance. What can be known from science? Only accept facts. Think rationally and clearly. Then accept what can be proven. I'm going to hold you to that as I continue to critique every video in your series. So, do you accept each of the indisputable facts of evolution, which I've already shown and which can be and have been proven? You can look them up yourself. PubMed lists over 400,000 peer-reviewed articles on evolution and nearly 50,000 just on human evolution. And many of these, by the way, focus more on the genome than on fossils because in some cases, genetics confirms precisely how our evolution happened, exactly which mutations of what type were involved with specific changes and how. So I suggest you take your own advice. Be willing to accept science. As we reason, do not suppose or hope. Stand on indisputable facts. There is no way you ever studied evolution at all, let alone in depth, like you said. Even if you did, which you didn't because you still don't know what it is, there's not much you could have learned if your lesson began and ended 50 years ago, and you still wouldn't know anything now. The scientific understanding of evolution has it progressed substantially since then. I've forgotten more about this than you'll ever know. I've been actively and continuously advocating science education against the lies of creationism in the public forum for more than 20 years. In that time, there has been a paleontological boon with newly discovered transitions closing virtually every gap and a cladistic reformation of Linnaean taxonomy which proves the case as solidly as any genetic paternity test. These and the other facts I listed are things we know and can show to be true of evolution where you can't show anything you actually know about God. You're trying to prove your magic imaginary friend by showing your own ignorance and deceit. This isn't just my opinion either. I'll continue to prove the point as I critique the rest of your video series where you have consistently failed to imply a god. Sorry to see you're still unconvinced.